This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 809 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. horse people. Coach Jen here and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on horses in the morning. The Horse.com digital editor Michelle Anderson and Dr. Jones from Florida Equine Veterinary Services join the Hit'em crew to spill the beans about joint injections. What they are and what they aren't, what they do and what they don't do. And we'll get right to that after this informative nutritional minute from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Spring is here, and so are pastures full of luscious green grass. Spring grass is high in vitamins, minerals, and sugar. Most horses have little problem adjusting to the changing sugar levels found in spring pasture, but for at-risk horses, grazing on sugary grass can lead to big problems such as colic or laminitis. By paying attention to daily temperatures and following a couple of simple rules, you can limit your horse's access to such sugar-laden grasses. In the spring and fall of the year, limit grazing or stop it completely when daytime temperatures are warm and nighttime temperatures are below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Under these conditions, the grass produces sugar during the day and it stores it in its leaves. At night, the plant transfers the stored up sugars to the roots and stems to fuel the growth. If the evening temperatures are cold, the grass will not make that transfer and all of the sugar will remain in the leaves where it is readily available to your horse. In the summer when days are sunny and nights are warm, it is safe to allow grazing in the early morning hours, but it should be restricted late in the afternoon or evening. This is because most of the sugar that was produced the previous day has been used for growth overnight. Therefore, the level of sugar in the leaves is low in the morning. But as the day progresses, the grass once again accumulates sugar in its leaves in preparation for nighttime growth. So later in the day, the more sugar-packed leaves become. Because grass is a great source of essential vitamin E, horses that are restricted from grazing, especially easy keepers and horses in hard work, may develop vitamin E deficiencies. Lack of vitamin E can result in sore, stiff muscles and neurological problems. Elevate Maintenance Powder from Kentucky Performance Products is an affordable way to provide your horse with the vitamin E missing from his diet. Each scoop provides 1,000 international units of natural vitamin E, and natural vitamin E is absorbed and retained in the tissues at a much greater rate than the synthetic vitamin E found in many feeds and supplements. Best of all, when you choose a Kentucky Performance Product Supplement, you get a 100% satisfaction guarantee. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. 
Uh, this is Michelle Anderson, digital editor of thehorse.com with the weekly horse health report. And she is do- joined by Dr. Jones of Florida Equine. It's been so long, I can't remember where, Dr. Jones. It's been a while. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Um, you know what? If you get any one of those psychics on the phone, they'll tell you that your horse doesn't like to be ridden. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we, we, I don't know if you um, saw the article we just published about the research that shows that horses prefer not to work. Well, I oh, prefer no. not to work. Humans <laughs> prefer not to work. My dog prefers not to work. Everybody prefers not to work. I wish you on that. <laughs> well, now, that's because you're right back from vacation. But you know, this research showed uh, now we have scientific proof that horses would prefer to go out the gate of the arena than do what what they need to do inside the arena. So if no you ever kidding. want your horse, you're, you're okay not riding your horse because your horse is happy to stand there and do nothing. So, oh my god! Really, really fat horses. Oh boy! I know. Oh yes, he, he it. it's good for him. Don't you <laughs> wish? Is out there. Oh boy! You know, we wouldn't have to work if we all made the money they spent on these stupid surveys that I could tell them the answer to before they start. <laughs> Just so. But and Dr. Jones is back from vacation, so thank you for joining us, Dr. Jones. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so today's topic, yeah, (laughs) welcome back to reality. So we're going to talk about joint injections today. Um, So equine joint injections, why this came up for me this week is because I had the vet out um, two weeks ago or so to look at my horse, and I said to him, I can't tell which leg he's lame on, and I'm usually pretty good. I can usually figure it out and go like, ah, I think this is what's bothering him, and so I work the horse, and my vet goes, well, you can't tell because he's lame on three legs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so we just did this massive series of joint injections, and you know, if you haven't been around a joint injection, it's really kind of I think kind of weird and scary that these needles are getting stuck in your horse's joints. So I wanted to start with when you hear people talking about getting their horse injected and when you're in barns, you hear about it a lot. What are they talking about? What are they referring to? Well, first off, I want to say is you've probably never been to an orthopedic to have your joint injected. Have no, you? I haven't. <laughs> That's why it's really scary to you. Uh, coming from somebody who's been beat up by horses, I've had my joints injected. Yes. Um, I wouldn't say that my job is a um, competitive sport, but I do think that we get banged up enough that we do need to get some fixing up occasionally. And if you think about what we do with these horses, they are athletes in um, either a mild way or in a very heavy way, depending on what you do. So we need to keep their joints healthy because they are constantly beating them to death by running around either in the circle of a racetrack or a course uh, jumping or even just doing ring work uh, or pasture you know, running. So what it is is a joint injection is exactly what it sounds like. They're putting needles into joints, like you said, and they're injecting products, whether it's uh, homemade by the animal or it's uh, something that they have pulled out of a bottle. But the whole idea is to take the fire out of the joint or the pain out of the joint for a while and uh, make the horse or the person feel much better and not cause any deterioration in the joint. Further deterioration. Yeah, so you're talking about pain and inflammation. What kind of conditions are we addressing when we're injecting joints? Oh, it starts as little as minor synovitis, and that fancy word means there's inflammation in the synovium, which is in the joint capsule. 
um, and in the joint itself, the synovium that lines it gets inflamed, and it could be as severe as a uh, chip or trauma to the joint uh, where it's causing some sort of major inflammatory response from a a fracture chip uh, situation to major arthritis that's just been beat up too many times and never addressed or taken care of. Okay. And so when when I had have heard people talk about getting their their horses joints injected, there's sometimes these conversations about, oh, well my vet used X, Y, and Z drugs and well my my vet has the special formula of X, Y, and Z, these other A, B, and C drugs. Um, what kind of drugs are we injecting into the joint? Anything and everything. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> it's any inflammatories. In general. Does that test, doctor? Uh, Just checking. (laughs) You can take any of the um, drugs out there that we're putting into the joints and probably put them in an anti-inflammatory category. Um, uh, That's basically, again, what we're trying to do with these joints is take the fire out. The first thing you hear about is steroids. Oh, no, I don't want to put steroids in my horse's joint because it's gotten such a bad name it deteriorates the cartilage. Well, it's not deteriorating the cartilage right away, over time it will, but if you don't address that joint and you uh, continue to have that arthritis uh, going on with pain and inflammation, the the inflammation of the horse's own body is actually causing deterioration of the cartilage. People don't think about that aspect of it because they're thinking about, well, the cortisone goes in there and that cortisone will degrade my cartilage and my horse's joint and so I'm going to always have to have these joint injections. Not necessarily true. Uh, They'll need them only because there's a beginning of cartilage breakdown and there is um, problems going on and that's not going to regenerate itself on an older horse uh, to uh, back to its normal young cartilage unless you transplant cartilage. <laughs> so cortisone, hyaluronic acid, adequan, PRP, IRAP, stem cells, all these you're hearing are all basically anti-inflammatories uh, with the um, aspect of stem cells being a little bit more than anti-inflammatory, they're trying to regrow cartilage um, within the, the joint itself. And so let's go back to the hyaluronic acid because that's something that um, you some people injected in their standard injections and some don't. And, and when I was getting my horse injected, I had several people tell me, make sure he puts HA, make sure he puts HA. Can you explain a little bit about what hyaluronic acid is? Yes, um, hyaluronic acid is normally found in the horse's joint. So putting it in is not abnormal. So a lot of people like it because it's normally found in the joint. Um, it, in my simplest uh, description to my clients, I always tell them it's kind of a lubricant, but it also helps with inflammation. It does calm down what we call flares. Um, some people feel that some of the hyaluronic acids cause flares, but in general, it seems to calm down um, a joint and help nourish it at the same time. So it's a good anti-inflammatory as well as a good um, uh, uh, lubricant or, or uh, nourishment for the joint. There's different types that are made, and that's where you get kind of the sticky discussion. And, of course, it's always the um, pharmaceutical companies saying mine's better than his um, discussions but they are made at different levels of molecular weight, and thus their prices uh, reflect that, if that's my best way of, of saying that. So you can have a different type of hyaluronic acid or HA added to your horse's joint. They all across the board will do a great job. 
They just uh, might cost you a little bit more as you add more molecular weight and make it a bit more sticky. And so when a joint is getting injected, your vet's taking a needle and sticking it in, in the joint, and there's always a risk of infection. Do Are antibiotics ever included in that to prevent uh, antibiotics get introduced back when Adequan got a bad name going into the joints. I'm just going to state that right now, and I don't think any of the um, manufacturers of Adequan or reps would disagree with me on that topic. Um, Adequan is a fantastic substance to use in the joint um, of a horse, and it really has calmed down inflammation in a horse's joint numerous times, but it is only used if there is no sepsis, meaning bacteria in that joint. So if you're just injecting a joint on a regular basis, you might drag in at any point in time in your life through the needle one small piece of bacteria from the skin into that joint. And even though that joint is not what we call septic or full of bacteria because it was opened up to the uh, environment and dirty and, you know, filleted open and, and a bad thing, you might drag a piece of bacteria in. So because of that risk, adi- uh, antibiotics were added to Adequan injections. From there... A lot of new veterinarians, and I would include myself because I came at that point of Adequan's introduction and passed, started to put antibiotics in every joint injection they did. And AAP has done some great studies. Uh, Some of the uh, residents have produced some great studies at AAP saying if you're adding an antibiotic, sometimes you're causing more detriment because of the pH change in the joint. So you don't necessarily have to have the antibiotics in with your joint injection unless you're using Adequan. It's almost a must. And so this is um, something that we do after we've tried other things with our horses typically. Is that your how you recommend doing injections? And I say that because I knew it was going to be expensive, so I did everything I could before we did injections. Um, but is it kind of the first thing you go to, or is it something that you work in um, into the program to re- rehab a horse? Uh, both. Or really. maintain. Both, really. A lot of clients don't like the idea of a joint injection. They've heard bad news about it. Um, back in the old days, there was a particular cortisone, and we still use the cortisone today, that does cause some demise of the cartilage, uh, more so than another steroid. And um, so people kind of heard that out there, that whispering out there, and that caught on and hung on. Well, we don't necessarily use that that cortisone or that steroid that much anymore. Um, we use the other one that's not as harsh on the cartilage. And so majority of the veterinarians out in the field are using the nicer, kinder steroid. And so people shouldn't be as afraid of doing that joint injection anymore as they were in the past. So if we can, if I can talk to a client and they seem to be okay, they've had surgeries on their joints, they've had joint injections themselves. A lot of the clients and are they have like, some heck money yeah. in the bank. And they have some money in the bank. They're like, heck yeah, let's go for it. Yep. Let's get it done because I want the fire taken out. Now, ironically, all the injections I've had, and including my husband's shoulder, we get a steroid injection and um, a little bit of lidocaine added into our joint um, injections in the human world. No HA. And I asked the doc, I asked the orthopedic, and he said because insurance won't cover it the first time. If the joint injection didn't work and you come back and they re-inject you within a significant amount of time, I don't know what the cutoff time is, if it's four weeks, six weeks, six months, whatever it is, and say, look, I still have pain in my shoulder, I still have pain in my knee, then they can add the HA and the insurance will cover it. And it's so a little wacky, you, but yeah. that's and what can you, can you walk us through... 
the procedure? Like, what oh, should an owner expect? Absolutely. Um, when- well, the ivory tower, meaning the, the best way to determine if your horse needs joint injection or not, is to block the joint, trot or ride the horse, and see if they feel better. That's ivory tower. That would be the best scenario. Sometimes that doesn't allow it because the horse will, A, kick your face off if you're trying to put it in the back leg. And um, we have to keep the horse awake enough to ride them or trot them to make sure, so we can't sedate them to do this block. But you put a scrub, a surgical scrub, and there's a particular way you do a surgical scrub, and there's a particular length of time that you should be scrubbing for a surgical scrub to make sure that you have the cleanest entry possible. The next step is you have gloves on yourself as a veterinarian, you have all sterile equipment, nothing has been touched by outside hands, and you enter the needle into the joint, attach your syringe, and inject the product in. The product should be lidocaine to numb it, wait your amount of time, trot the horse off, the horse looks great, then you can go ahead and inject with your steroids. Usually don't inject the same day. You come back about four days later and re-inject because you want to get the time to calm down in the joint. Uh, And you mentioned you don't sedate for the block, but do you sedate to do the the joint injections? Right. So for the fractious horses, the ones, and usually like racetrack horses and and some of these high-end performance horses, a lot of times we may not block. So we'll do a clinical workup, meaning we're not going to block and and medically see if the horse feels better. We're going to inject it with a steroid in the HA, and then you're going to ride it in about two weeks and tell me, wow, this horse feels tons better, there's not a single lameness, or we'll come back in two weeks and look at the horse and say, wow, this horse is looking fantastic, there's no need um, no need for us to do any more blocks because we found the source of the problem and we injected it. We're, we're all good. Okay. And so once you do the injection, then what happens? Do you wrap it? Does it need to be protected? Um, oh, there's a couple different. I, the the gentleman I worked for um, in my first job out of school, they would wrap all their joint injection sites. 22-gauge needles, what I use, and most of them are 20-gauge, which is what you usually use for injecting vaccines um, on larger joints. Um, I don't usually wrap those. So I just make sure that they're cleaned up afterwards, uh, you know, wiped down with a little alcohol maybe, and carry on. Uh, I tell my clients to give them a few days off to let the steroid kick in and do its job before you start running on it or using it. Uh, Kind of the same thing in the human world. They tell you to kind of take it easy for a couple days, let everything calm down, and then you can start back to work. A lot of times I'll see my best results at before the two weeks, I get a client calls me up and says, you know, my horse is any better. I'll tell them, give it the full two weeks, then call me back. And I would say more than 85% of the time, the clients call back and say the horse is looking great. Well, that's good to know because my horse is at about 90% great after six days. So hey, that's I can't fantastic. Wait for him. I can't wait to get him to, to 100%. But so as far as complications go, my vet, after he did the injections, he said um, if you have any um, – swelling, I want to know about it. If you have any swelling with lameness, I want to know about it yesterday. So what yes, kind of, of complications do you... Yeah, 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 both of those are complications, and they can show up sometime shortly after the injection is done, so within the first couple of days. Uh, usually, once you're past that, you're, you're usually fine. And what that means is you've got a septic joint. And what the, the old phrase is, is it's not... Um, if you're going to get a septic joint, it's when, if you're doing enough of them in the equine world. So you can scrub um, like you do every single time, do a good surgical scrub. You can have sterile gloves, sterile procedure, and still get a septic joint 
because the wind blew up a piece of dirt off the the aisleway floor into your site and you didn't see that. Something. Something can happen where you will get a septic joint, and that's what they want to warn you about. So we try to do everything possible to make it as sterile as possible to do the joint injection, um, but there is always that possibility of complications. Again, anything in medicine is never 100%. There's always a risk of a side effect. Okay. And so how long do these injections usually last on a horse that needs them? It depends on what the problem is, and it depends on the horse and what it's used for. So I've got horses that I'll do injections on, and I won't see them for a year. Um, sometimes I've done an injection in a certain particular joint, and that joint seemed to be tweaked for whatever reason, um, and then I never see that horse ever again. Uh, or I see them every four months or every six months, depending on um, their use and how bad the arthritis is. Of course... X-rays always give us the best view of what the arthritis looks like. So having a baseline of X-rays when you first do your joint injections always helps a veterinarian down the line, a couple years down the line, going, wow, I used to do your joint injections once a year or once every six months, and now every four months you're calling me, and, and it seems to correct what the joint injections are doing, but, boy, the joint must be getting worse. Well, if we didn't have a baseline of X-rays to start with, we don't know how much worse the joint got except for just the high clinical diagnosis of we're doing the injections more often. And so, how much money do I need to save to <laughs> my first injection? That was my question. Will I know when I know? <laughs> will, well, will I know. I mean, a lot of people will my... start off with, believe it or not, a lot of people will just start off with a steroid injection without the HA. Mm-hmm. So, the friends telling you to add the HA, I think they're very wise friends. I like to add HA to my joint injection. Some veterinarians don't even get um, give their clients any options. They put the HA in it right away. Um, without any discussion. It's just part of their joint injections. So you can do steroid alone. Um, on a budget case, I'll do that because I know the horse needs some pain relief. They need, you know, to have this horse have some pain relief, and then they can, um, you know, carry on. The um, best scenario, though, with the HA, um, it, again, there's different levels of prices because of the levels of molecular weight of the HA. So you can have a variation. You can probably get away as inexpensively as $250 for two joints to be injected, usually two hot joints injected, um, one on one side, one on the other. Sometimes you get four areas injected and the hocks, two on one leg and two on the other, and that can carry you all up to 500 You can go even higher if you're doing PRP and IRAP um, into the horse's joints, and those get you up into the thousands, and then stem cells can go up from there. Yeah. Well, good, good to know. Yeah, I want to make one comment about the joint injections. It, we had some great results with IRAP on joint injections, especially those, as we called it, were non-responsive to steroid. That's how we started to use it. And what it, IRAP is, as we all know, is using the horse's own blood that has anti-inflammatories in, in the plasma, and we spin off those. Uh, plasma anti-inflammatories, pull them up in a syringe and inject them in the joint and it calms inflammation down. Now granted, we have to do three to four injections a couple weeks apart each time to get the proper amount of anti-inflammatories straight into the joint from the horse's blood. So it it costs quite a bit of money to do, but you're not putting a foreign, such as a steroid, foreign substance into the horse's joint. And we seem to get some great results as in healthy joints from some of these horses who've had IRAP done. Um, Some of the racehorse people are considering doing that instead of steroid injections on the younger horses. Uh, Data is still not collected enough to know that 
that's the primo way and, and there should be no other way to do it but that. But in theory, in clinical practice, we're getting some great results on those horses. So for those people that are very scared about putting steroid in their horses, they can consider the IRAP, but it will be very costly. Well, thank you, Dr. Jones. Um, you've put me at a little bit of ease. I'm going to knock on wood that my horse stays sound and that this this works for him and that we can get, get another show season or two out of him. So, and, Fantastic. But and we wonder, Dr. Jones, dad. why the horses don't want to see the vet coming. You know? <laughs> It's always about the needle, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. My poor guy got his joints injected and his teeth done, so it was he had a rough day. Oh. <laughs> really rough day. <laughs> Actually, he had a great day because you took away the sharp points. He instantly mm-hmm. felt, felt better the next time he chewed a piece of uh, hay. And now as he's walking around, his joints are feeling better. That's true. Yeah, he's a he's a whole new man. And I do have to say the day after the injections, I went out to feed in the morning. He'd had his teeth done in the injections, and he came trotting up to the gate to meet me. And so that made me feel like, you know, maybe this was the right decision with this horse oh. because he obviously yeah. felt good the day after having his joints poked, um, good enough to, to trot up to the gate and... He was perky and happy, and, and he's been that way under saddle. So um, they definitely tell us when they're uncomfortable and unhappy. You just kind of have to look for those subtle messages that they give. Sometimes they're not so subtle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. The comment I get is, I've got a new horse underneath me, Dr. Jones. Mm-hmm. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I can sit his trot now that his joints are, are better. <laughs> you <laughs> might have a problem with that. <laughs> that may not be the horse. Well, we're not sure. And do I, and pardon me, do I hear the new mom on on the radio? No, she's off on maternity leave. We have Alina with us today. Oh, okay, okay. I just I'm heard a voice mom. in the background. I didn't know if it was the new mom or not. So. Helena's the old mom. <laughs> nope, old mom. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you, have you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Michelle Anderson of thehorse.com. And, of course, Dr. Jones of Florida Equine. It's floridaequine.com, right? Yes, sir. And there's some good discussions on there about um, what we offer in PRP, IRAP, and joint injections. You can read about them. And that's a wrap. To listen to more of thehorse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to Horses in the Morning Gang putting in their two cents on horse health topics, along with fascinating interviews from around the equestrian world, you can tune in at horsesinthemorning.com every weekday. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of Kentucky Performance Products. You can visit them online at kppusa.com. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.